This is the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. Hello there. Welcome to you wherever you're listening. This is the Territory Story News Bites. My name is Peter Gowers. Let's get straight to the heart of the NT Independent online newspaper. Have a chat to Chris Walsh, the editor. How are you, Chris? Hey, I'm good, Pete. Good to see you again. You too, mate. Lots happening in the uh, business of news this week. Yes, as usual. <laughs> what yeah. do you got for us? Well, we've got some uh, an organization showing some integrity and uh, responsibility for a change. How do you like that? They're not from the Territory? No, they're not. No, this would be <laughs> Motorsport Australia uh, being reasonable here. And I think, um, uh, yeah, look, prudent in what they're doing. And so, look, the story here today, of course, is that Motorsport Australia has not issued a issued permits for cars to compete at the Fink Desert race. And, you know, it's, it's you know, and it sounds like maybe this isn't going to go ahead this year, which is a terrible thing. We know how popular this is, yeah. especially down in the, in the Red Center there where they need all these kind of events, as many as they can get to kind of get people mm-hmm. there. But we've had a few problems here. And, uh, you know, we, we don't forget those issues and the things weren't, let's say, kept up to a certain standard or the necessary standard. And so what's happened now is that they, Motorsport Australia has not issued the permit for cars to compete. Uh, following, it's now uh, related to the end of the coronial inquest into the death of Nigel Harris at the 2021 race. And remember, he was, uh, he was hit by a truck. Uh, it, it struck by a truck competing in the race um, fatally. And the inquest has heard now that the organization and organizers had not acted on any of the recommendations of a scathing safety report that, that was issued and, and given to them uh, before this death. And we, we knew about some other injuries in recent times as well. And it just kind of question mark there on whether or not the organizers, uh, you know, were, were following what they should, the, the standards are holding the standards here. So mm-hmm. Motorport, Motorsport Australia has come in and said, look, yeah, we're not going to do anything right now in terms of giving these licenses or these permits to uh, to run the race. Now, the coronial inquest, of course, finished in Alice Springs last Wednesday, but the findings are yet to be handed down. Right. So expect that to take a little while. Um now, the ABC reported here that in closing, because they've got enough journalists that they're in there on this thing, on, on the inquest. So they reported in that in closing submissions, Jody Truman, she's counsel assisting the coroner in this uh, case, said that uh, for years, Motorsport Australia and the Fink Committee had been aware of the extreme potential danger for spectators, but, quote, did little to nothing to mitigate the risks. Uh, it also reported that Motorsport Australia acknowledged the recommendations made in a scathing safety report were not acted on until after it was too late. And, and look, this is an issue here. And what I was saying to start this is at least, you know, they're, they're recognizing this and taking responsibility now. Um, so I think that, you know, as, as much as we want to see this go ahead, if it's not being put together, right. And they were warned of things and, and they've even admitted it was a scathing safety report that they didn't act on until after it was too late. Well, you got to take the safety of the spectators. Yeah. <laughs> they are paramount here in this. So, um, 
the statement that was just released today said the Fink Desert Race Committee understood and acknowledged the impact, the uncertainty from having no permit was having on competitors and their crews. Because, of course, right now they haven't officially canceled it, but nobody really knows what's going to happen. Uh, so the crews, officials, event sponsors, contractors, uh, you know, all in limbo, I guess, at this point. But they did say they'd issue another statement on Thursday. Uh, yeah, they said the Fink Desert Race Committee takes seriously the safety of spectators and competitors and is reviewing its processes. Uh, yeah, so uh, Motorsports Australia confirmed its support for the bike section. So Motorcycling Australia, sorry, has confirmed its support for the bike section of the event. So that was due to run from June 9th to 12th. Seems that might might go ahead fine, but we still just... Right. Don't really know. It just, I think we put it in doubt right now. And um, hopefully we'll get some more clarification about that in the days to come. But uh, yeah. certainly, certainly there were problems and failings and they've acknowledged that. And that's what you want to see and make sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, yeah. So we have no more deaths out there. And what sort of numbers would we expect to see through that region, you know, if it were to go ahead, Chris, ballpark? How many oh, good question, there? man. I, I don't know. I don't remember if we have it here in another story. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know offhand, but uh, certainly we know it's one of those popular events that, yeah. that you know, that Alice Springs looks forward to and yep. uh, getting those people in. And of course, you know, you've got the uh, tourism minister, Nicole Madison, saying that she's throwing money around at, uh, at promoting things instead of fixing anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but this is part of it. You need to fix things before you can do things properly. Sometimes you acknowledge Correct. that there's a problem and you <laughs> fix it. And then, but this government is incapable of ever, ever acknowledging any of its problems. So mm, we don't get no. any solutions. No. Well, yeah, that's, that's really bad news for the area and the region. Um, despite the tourism is a uh, tourism minister talking up the fact that record numbers are rolling in. Well, um, that's it too. I mean, that was just hogwash anyway, because you had <laughs> the central Australia tourism peak body saying, look, this is like, well, this is the worst we've ever seen. You've had real people there, tourism operators saying we can't go on, you know, this is just too bad. It's, it's never been this bad. So, uh, and, you know, especially I think it was the international tourists aren't coming and, and, and national and the interstate yeah. ones. So, you know, yeah, this is going to be another blow to the industry there. That's unfortunate to see. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Chris, let's move on to the next uh, story that you're working on um, or, or have been working on this week. Um, it's, uh, I believe that the members, of the, certain members of the government are now offering you know, free capsicum spray in the face trials for people, anyone who'd like to try one on besides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Step right up, everybody. Labor's yeah. going to spray you in the face yeah, with pepper yeah. spray. Yeah, because it's, it, it's easy to fix, apparently. Like, it doesn't take long to disengage <laughs> the, the side effects. Look, I, I've long said this to these people, that there's something wrong with them, with labor here, right? I've said that they're idiots at times. I've said, like, I just don't understand why they do what they do. But this yeah. is a whole new level here. I mean, we have here we have an elected MLA, the member for Fannie Bay, telling the deputy opposition leader that he wants to take him outside mm. and spray him in the face with capsicum spray. Um, yeah. Because, uh, you know, this is over debate over changes to legislation that will allow transit security guards to carry and use the spray on people riding buses. Um, so they're debating that, and he says, no, I'll take you outside. Now, he also told Parliament that he's been sprayed himself. 
with capsicum spray. <laughs> but offered no explanation as to the circumstances around that. Yeah. But he, but he, this guy, he, he actually said this. He said, um, I've been sprayed and I've sprayed people. Let me tell you, not lethal. You will survive. You will recover. It's not that hard to do the aftercare, remember, for Nelson. If you like, we can go outside. I'll spray you and give you the aftercare. All right, I'll do it. I've done it before and I'm happy to do it for you. Like who the yeah. hell talks like that? Uh, this is, yeah. is unparliamentary conduct here. I mean, this is the guy's an idiot. The guy's a total idiot. I don't know what else you say about that. I've never seen that, right? And I was saying to Woody, I saw the NT News ran a story about the capsicum spray laws getting passed, yeah, uh, or about to be passed. But but this reporter, she she witnessed the same thing that I was watching with Potter, mm. but she didn't put that in her story. And I was saying to Woody, look, I know she's a kid or something. She's not experienced. Um, but how, how often are you going to get the chance to write a story about how an elected MLA, of a, an official, is actually telling another MLA he wants to spray him in the face with capsicum spray? I've been doing yeah. this over 20 years, and this is the first time I've ever seen this stupidity. I've never seen this. I've never seen them say something this stupid. And he seemed to think he was all right. And then we're thinking, okay, well, what are the circumstances around this? Like what he said, he's probably done, done his own jackass videos when he was in university. He's probably <laughs> sprayed himself in the face and filmed it. I mean, that's what you get with this guy, right? He's like uh, Brett Potter, Brent Potter, whatever his name is. He's got the, this frat boy kind of, uh, you know, arrogance about him. And you just get the sense, yeah, okay, he's probably either he sprayed himself or a woman sprayed him. <laughs> Something's <laughs> happened here. But he didn't explain that. And he didn't explain yeah. how he was administering it to other people. Like he said, all right, I'll do it. I've done it before. I'm happy to do it for you. Yeah. There it, it, it was a bit of a um, – I was picturing some sort of a party down at Discovery where they all had capsicum spray going <laughs> – Left, right, and center. Yeah, fluorescent caps <laughs> yeah. spray. Turn off the lights. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Everyone spray each other. Well, look, man. I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is the other thing that you think things couldn't get any more stupid. What they were debating, and I need you to understand this, Pete. And I meant to bring this up weeks ago, mm. <laughs> and then we got on talking about other things, and I forgot to because I saw the the story in the NT News one time, and, and it was like a picture of a bus and Eva Lawler's head inset. Uh, uh, they're debating. They're going to give so we know that this is part of the crime initiatives that the government had to show they were doing something back in March, with the the tragic death death of Declan Laverty being stabbed mm. at the at the bottle shop, and so they came up with this as one part was that they're going to arm, uh, you know, bus security guards with pepper spray. And okay, so normal people think, all right, this will be done off the bus. This will be at the interchanges. No. No, these idiots are talking about, they were debating all day about using it on a bus, a bus full of people. They're going to be using the spray. And this is when it started. And I thought, okay, so what's Potter saying? Because Potter said, look, I'm telling you something. No one is going to be sprayed who doesn't deserve to be sprayed. And I'm like, how bold is that as a claim? So I started, it it perked my interest there. So I started listening and then he went into this nonsense. But honestly, these idiots, they think that nothing's going to happen now. The whole thing was that the Mali, uh, the CLP member for uh, Nelson and the deputy opposition leader, he, Gerard Mali, he said, look, we've, we've got concerns here. You, you haven't addressed all of the issues around this legislation. You're changing this mm. legislation. 
But um, we've still not seen a copy of the guidelines that will be issued. Uh, neither has anyone in the territory, he said. Uh, uh, will they potentially be exposing children, pensioners, people with a disability to OC spray on buses? Mm-hmm. Uh, they also raised prospects of lawsuits being brought against the government over possible misuse, which is very Absolutely. real. That's a, a yep. normal thing. Uh uh, yeah, and so instead of answering that, you know, Potter just went on and said, "Ah, oh, look, it's not, it's not fatal or anything, and I'll take you out, and I'll, I'll sort you out, mate, outside." And uh, he arguing that the aftercare was easy to manage for anyone who may be sprayed, and pledged that the government would install wash stations at bus interchanges. This is another thing that I think he just came up with on the spot. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and this guy, like, they're letting him just shoot his mouth off. I, I, where else? Would he, he was on radio and he announced that they were going to do a review of police. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nobody backbencher. And all of a sudden he's making announcements the police minister should be making. Anyway, uh, yeah, no innocent people will be sprayed. The message will get out there that transit safety officers have this tool and they'll use it when they need to. But then you're not going to get sprayed unless you do something wrong. Look, Eva Lawler came in. She continued the, the, the laugh riot here, saying that they would be using something called a gel-based spray that would not spray an entire area. It was more direct in people's faces. Uh, she also said training for guards had started, but the directions of use had not been finalized. Uh, of course not. Why would you start training without knowing all the guidelines and rules around it? Exactly. Uh, this is like, they might as well be running the police college here, <laughs> which, you know, that was the whole other thing, too, was that he went on and on about this. And I think Bill Yan got up, a uh, member for Namajera, CLP, and he said, look, I think it's only me and the member for Blaine, Mark Turner, are actually qualified to handle this stuff. Mm. So, like, why are you shooting your mouth off about spraying people in the face outside? And how did you get sprayed? Anyway, it was it was all very odd, and and just the fact that they're debating spraying people on a bus—that's yeah. a good spray. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. And the fact that we uh, we talked a while ago about there was training done with this or something similar, and people were getting the nozzles around the wrong way, and so <laughs> yeah, I, I, as soon yeah, as I saw on believe. a bus, I thought this is going to be an absolute debacle, but. We'll um we'll break this down in more detail on uh, the weekend edition because I think that it warrants a, a further investigation. Oh yeah, look, look, there was more on this too. There were people, other people in Parliament saying things that just, yeah, and 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 you know whether or not it passed and how they're going to do this. Yeah, anyway, mm. and they, look, we're going to be talking about this sometime because there's going to be an issue <laughs> where absolutely yeah. people will be recurring. Uh, I did like how you put that, though. There will be more on this. There'll be a lot more more on this. <laughs> uh, so uh, what yeah. else is happening? What else are you working on? Uh, well, just this week, look, uh, we reported on this a long time ago about um, the upcoming upgrades to the Darwin Airport, of course, runway and taxiways. Uh, now, yeah, this is now getting a little closer to happening mid-June. Essentially, the takeaway here on the latest is that the Defense Department's running this, of course, because there's yep. a joint user agreement and they've got, you know, laneways, taxiways and uh, and runways that, that, that they're using in this. So they're kind of in charge of it. Now, meanwhile, the airport development group and the anti-government, I don't think they're even involved, but the, the airport development group has been unable to, uh, to get on the same page with them about the duration and extent of how these works will be rolled out. Now, the fear is, of course, that uh, you're going to see thousands of travelers' itineraries disrupted, flights canceled, 
over the next year and a half because they're saying that these works need to be done during dry season. So it'll be this dry season and yeah. next dry season. And this is the other thing the fence says, and I'm not sure that they are aware of the commercial implications of this, but that the bulk of the work would be carried out at night. Now we know uh, that Darwin Airport is no more alive than that night. Flights <laughs> are coming in and going yeah. out, mostly going out. So, um, yeah, so we really don't know, and they, they haven't been good at explaining this. Now, the, the fence has said uh, that the airfield asphalt works had to be done in dry weather. The works are being staged to minimize disruption to civilian and military aircraft operations. However, we saw tourism and T-Chair Michael Bridge said the fence was yet to release its full scope of works and schedule for the upgrade. And of course, you know, tourism bodies are very concerned about this. You got the dry season, yeah. you got the, a lot of people coming up. Um, and so they're concerned about commercial airline delays and what effect that's going to have on the industry overall here, which is, is fair points to be making. Uh, and Bridget said uh, we have no definitive position at this time, but once the final methods of work works plan comes out we'll respond and do our best to reduce the impacts of disruptions but know that there will be disruptions clearly yeah, uh cool. top end tourism chief executive glenn hingley saying that the disruptions will take place but of course every possible effort will be made to get the upgrades done with a minimum of disruption we're now in the process of reestablishing airline networks and aviation links so we can provide certainty and people can plan around the works but until they know um yeah, I mean, it's going to be hit or miss here. You're going to show up and there's going to be delays. Who knows, really? Yeah. We don't know how this is going to go down. Um, just that, again, the airport development group saying they were unable to speculate on the impact to passenger numbers yep. while these works are carried out or how commercial flights will be impacted. So, yep. and, Any talk yeah. of uh, reopening Livingston Airfield in the meantime, Chris? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. What's that one? The one that's like that strip out yeah, of the... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's usable by modern planes, but... Well, you know, last time, one of the last times we flew into Darwin, I think we had to circle around yeah. um, because uh, uh, there was an issue, some old jalopy. Remember I told you about that? And we thought it was the uh, the new amphibious aircraft. <laughs> had broken down on the runway and so they had to uh, fly around and then they're like okay well we'll yeah. just take you all to Catherine and every nobody wanted that but he said all right we'll try one more time and he came in so oh, wow. uh who are they gonna take you tyndall yeah yeah to tyndall wow yeah. well you only had enough fuel left to get there did you yeah i don't know what the reasoning was fortunately they cleaned up the yeah, mess yeah. and we could land but yeah and this is yeah, just wow. middle of the day but they, you know it's like oh welcome back to the northern territory where nobody's yeah. organized yep um, it definitely yeah. wasn't the amphibious craft, though, because they haven't been able to get that far advanced to get it onto a, a, a runway. runway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just parts of it maybe scattered on the runway. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. no. So that's going to be a thing, you know, a, a gamble and a risk for everybody. We'll see what happens, and we'll, we'll keep you updated on that because it will be interesting to see how bad this is going to get come mid-June into July, August, mm. when we're expecting tourists. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but obviously it can only be done during the dry season. So you've got that um, yeah, to weigh up the fact that it's peak tourist season, but you can't fix yeah. the runway during the wet season. So. so I think it's just about getting on the same page here that everybody knows what they're doing and they can plan if they know what works and where it's going to be. But it seems like that hasn't been explained yet. And that's mm -hmm. the issue right now. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. All right, Chris, I'll catch you on weekends with Walshie. 
Yeah, uh, Pete, yeah, sounds good. And people should be watching when they hear this. Check out the site. We got a, a good story coming out here about uh, your taxpayer dollars at work here and helping out our uh, struggling MLAs and ministers who uh, are only making, you know, a minister makes about 300 grand a year. Yeah. So uh, anyway, there's um, some more stuff about how your taxpayer dollars are being spent by them. Only being spent on um, uh, government de- details, are they, Chris? Just government stuff, government duties, nothing personal. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, well, yeah, we're gonna have a good chat about that on the on the big podcast because there's gonna be some stuff that's gonna anger some people here. No doubt. All right, I'll catch you then. Great, thanks, Pete. We'll see you then. That was Chris Walsh from the NT Independent Online Newspaper. Uh, Weekends with Walshie back again Saturday morning. That'll be released around 7 a.m. And uh, we'll catch you next week for News Bite on the Territory Story podcast. That was the Territory Story News Bites for this week. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency.